this? No, no. Oh, she did not record. No, I, I know us too that well. Was like a <laughs> <laughs> so we're in Leviticus three. Three. One. Okay. I'm on three. 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 So, okay, and I let's just pray. I would like to pray real quick. Lord, I pray that you would be with all of those who are too ill to be with us today, especially those in my family, Lord, who I know to be sick. And I pray that you would keep all of us healthy and all of the different crud and viruses and different things that are going around the valley. Lord, I pray that you would keep us all protected and, and, and just keep us all healthy and able to do your will and, and your work. In Yeshua's name, amen. Amen. Excuse me. So Leviticus 3, can you help? You got it? <laughs> she got Pond's Bible when she was a teenager. So Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Okay, so 3-1. If his offering is a sacrifice of peace offering... Um, so, so keep in mind, you know, there, we're learning about the different types of offerings. We were learning first about the atonement offering. So now we're talking about the peace offering. And um, it says, uh, do, do, do. one of the things they call it a, a feast peace offering. And it was a feast because during the eating of the peace offering's flesh, the owner would invite his family, friends, and acquaintances to partake of his feast. And in the assembly of friends, he would praise God and tell them of his kindness. So the, the atonement offerings were completely burned up. You know, they, they did, nobody got any portion of those. They were all burned up for the Lord. The peace offerings are a feast because you take the portion that goes back to you and you have a celebration and you tell everyone about how amazing God is while you eat this offering. Um, so if his offering is a sacrifice of peace offering, if he offers an animal from the herd, male or female, he shall offer it without blemish before the Lord. And he shall lay his hand on the head of his offering and kill it at the entrance of the tent of meeting. And Aaron's sons, the priest, shall throw the blood against the sides of the altar. So this is another one um, where, where he... The, the person who's bringing it is the one who kills it. So he brings it, um, and, he, and he kills it at the entrance of the tent of meeting. And then Aaron's sons throw the blood against the sides of the altar. And from the sacrifice of the peace offering, <clears throat> as a food offering to the Lord, he shall offer the fat covering and entrails, and all the fat that is on the entrails, and the two kidneys with the fat that is on them. We've gotten to this part we keep joking about, because we're going to read this phrase about 7,000 times. The entrails? But yeah, the fat that's on the entrails, and the two kidneys with the fat that is on them at the loins, and the long lobe of the liver that he shall remove with the kidneys. Then Aaron's sons shall burn it on the altar on top of the burnt offering, which is on the wood on the fire. It is a food offering with a pleasing aroma to the Lord. If his offering for a sacrifice of peace offering to the Lord is an animal from the flock, male or female, he shall offer it without blemish. If he offers a lamb for his offering, then he shall offer it before the Lord, lay his hand on the head of his offering, and kill it in front of the tent of meeting. And Aaron's sons shall throw its blood against the sides of the altar. Then from the sacrifice of the peace offering, he shall offer as a food offering to the Lord its fat. 
he shall remove the whole fat tail cut off close to the backbone and the fat that covers the entrails and all the fat that is on the entrails and the two kidneys with the fat that is on them at the loins and the long lobe of the liver that he shall remove with the kidneys. I wonder if, if God takes that portion because we shouldn't eat it. And that's very possible. That's very possible. Yeah, you don't want to eat these things, so give them kind of... Yeah, well, because kidneys, livers... Yeah. That's, that's all the... And all the fat. Toxin processing stuff. The whole fat tail. Yeah, yeah the fat is all the toxin holding stuff. When I was young, doctors used to um, recommend that because I was anemic, and they recommended liver. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they do no more. But well, I mean, I it, young, it can help for that. The problem is it's also where, where you're storing, all, where all the toxins are stored. That's right. So it's one of those things where... I, like one of the things I say to my kids a lot of times is just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Yes. And it's one of those just because we figured out, you know, oh, this can help this mm -hmm. doesn't mean it's not doing other damage. You know, there's side effects for so many things. And there are other there are other safer ways to get iron. And I was so, even told pork chops have a lot of iron in them. We, but also uh, molasses. <laughs> molasses is the best source. Of iron, right. you know, and there's no side effects from molasses. I know, right? <laughs> I won't get worms in my yeah, brain. Worms. Yeah, yes, no worms associated with molasses. Might eat a few too many cookies. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you might have a craving for gingerbread, but other. See, my body knew. I never had a real good love for pork anyway. From yeah, yeah. I never did either. It was always in my home. <laughs> I eat the ham every now and then. Oh, cod liver oil. I always yeah. tried to make it. Yeah. <laughs> turkey bacon. I know, I like to yeah. yeah. I like to bun, so that's good. There you go. Do what, Chris? So you were almost afraid to be sick or something because mom's like, oh, cod liver oil. <laughs> Our kids love that stuff. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, we get the Love strawberry oh. or the orange flavored ones, oh, and they like the take it they straight. They have that. Yeah, like they got flavor. <laughs> <laughs> no, this came straight from the god. I mean, just <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Okay. <laughs> He's lying. Oh. They're saying they got like flavors now. I'm like, ours must have came straight from the god. <laughs> Spoon. Oh, no. yeah. And they used to go, no, mommy. Now you no, can take the... No more, please, My no. kids are like, fish oil, fish oil, yeah. Now apparently you can put it into like a, like a Frosty yeah, or something. You know? like the fish oil, too. They got like nice little, you know, gel pills. Yeah, or capsules or tablets. straight from the spoon, too. Yeah. Almost uh, feared spoon. Yeah. I don't know what was on that. Don't come near me with a spoon. Don't come near me with a spoon. Yeah. My kids are here for it. There you go. No, I'm not disputing that. There you go. There you go. Cod is kosher. Cod is kosher. Yes. You can do the fish oil. You can do the fish oil. Fish oil. Cod liver oil. Fish oil can be from any fish. Right. Right. But but generally it's from. I don't think it's. I don't know a fish oil that's not from a kosher fish. I don't know. But. But I will say... They don't take oil for catfish oil. I wouldn't even do that. That's yes, it. Yeah. 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 need an oil change. There you go. Uh, well, one, of the, one, of the things, one of the things about fish oil is it's anti-inflammatory, so it helps with arthritis. I mean, it's really, really healthy. And I think that this is a really good point, though, that Michelle's asking is, these are all things that really, if you think about it, you shouldn't eat the tail. Don't eat the tail. 
Because they, they keep burning it the up. The sheep and the... Because it's got lots they, of... Well, they sell, they sell the tail of... Of, of a pig. Of, they That's sell pig, pig tails. Pig I've seen beef yeah. tails or ox tails. Oxtails. Yeah. I've seen ox tails. Yeah. That in the entrails, yeah. a lot of people use they that even to sell the sausages of the cow. Yeah, the cow tongue. I've seen, they do yeah, brain, it, head cheese. And, uh, head cheese is basically the brain of a bunch of different animals. Hog, all, hog head cheese. Yeah. And they do they do, they do do cow head cheese. So you're like eating Yes. So. Cow tongue. Yeah. They have it seasoned up so good. Yeah. Who's ready for lunch? Here's some brain. Hog head cheese yeah, yeah. Hugging, yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah. it's hogging it. Yeah. And so so basically yeah. this is God saying, about. Do not eat these parts of it. Give these to me. Give these to me and And, and then have a party them. and eat the rest. Yeah, the rest of it celebrate with for goodness sake, but not not this part. So the two kidneys with the fat that's on them at the loins and the long lobe of the liver that he shall remove with the kidneys. If his offering is a goat, then he shall offer it before the Lord and lay his hand on its head and kill it in front of the tent of meeting. And the sons of Aaron shall throw its blood against the sides of the altar. Then he shall offer from it as his offering for a food offering to the Lord. The fat covering the entrails and all the fat that is on the entrails and the two kidneys with the fat that is on them at the loins and the long lobe of the liver that he shall remove with the kidneys. And the priest shall burn them on the altar as a food offering with a pleasing aroma. All fat is the Lord's. Wow. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwelling places that you eat neither fat nor blood. Ew, blood. So, you know, it's one thing there's, you know, when, when, you, when you're eating a piece of meat, it's, 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 all, it's impossible to get all of the fat out. Yes. But then there's also the trends, and, you know, the, there's one, one right now of eating all of the animal fat, like intentionally seeking it out and adding it to food. And Oh, yeah. 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 To, to add, you know, to add fat. Well, and, you know, like I, I had, um, I dated a guy for a while, and his, his grandmother was from Oklahoma, and everything she cooked had that, you know, fro that pig lard that you get in the big, like you can buy, it looks like a milk container, but it's full of lard, and it's pig fat. And everything was cooked in that. Like, like everything. Oh my gosh. Um, French toast cooked in pig lard. Yeah. And you in know. In the South, yeah, I can believe that. Oh. I remember when Lord was popular. Yeah, and you used to like put it on your elbows too. Yes, they used to. I'm telling you, you you kidding? But they did. Everywhere. Oh, yeah. Know, if you didn't yeah. own a pair of shoes, you were very poor. They'd put on feet. Wow. Does it help protect the feet? Oh, yeah. It's good cool. with skiing with no skis. Yeah. Slip. <laughs> Just slide on down the mountain. <laughs> and oh, what? There's that much skiing in the, the South. Yes, we said yeah. it's, it's, it's like for skiing. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing they did away with yeah. that a long, long time ago. So, so here God is saying, it's becoming popular again. It's very, very popular right now. A lot of the, is it, the, yeah, yeah, all fat, just any fat, adding lots and lots of fat to whatever you eat. And, and, you know, and here God is saying, the fat and the blood, mm. not for you. Mm. You know, don't be eating raw meat. Full of blood. Don't be eating. And again, I I think 
you know, I, I think God has wisdom and God, and, and here's the thing is, just like they used to tell people to eat the liver for the anemia, mm -hmm. I'm not arguing that there might not be apparent benefits, mm -hmm. you know, that this group or that group can find that says, well, eating the fat does this or eating the blood does this. But I guarantee you, if God said not to do it, there's a reason whether yeah. we know what it is or not. And, mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, so he's saying these things are not, these things are not for you. This yeah. is, this is not intended. This was not put in there for you to eat. Right. So, um, you know, in all your, in all your dwelling places that you eat neither fat nor blood. Leviticus 4. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel, saying, If anyone sins unintentionally in any of the Lord's commandments about things not to be done, and does any one of them, if it is the anointing... Okay, so, so what we're going to talk now is unintentional sins. Okay? So, so do what? accidental yeah accidental like I oh I didn't either I didn't realize that was a sin or I didn't know that what I was doing violated that let's say let's say you sit down to dinner at a friend's house and they serve you food and you didn't know that it included yeah, cow intestines or pork yeah, in it or or you know or whatever and and you sit down and, and you're eating and they go oh you know how do you like the menudo and you're going oh well, you know, or what's in it? And oh, la 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 la, and the cow intestines, and you're like, oh, okay. Well, now I've just sinned, but it was it was unintentional. So that's what we're we're going into talking about that now. So now, if it is the anointed priest who does this, thus bringing guilt on the people. Okay, so the priest's actions didn't just affect the priest, because the priest's actions affected whether the priest was able to serve in their capacity representing the people before God. So if the priests did it, it affects everyone. And later when we, you know, when we're reading through the prophets and we'll see, you know, God God saying, how can you expect the people to know better if the priests are teaching them these things? If the priests aren't doing it, who's going to tell the people to do it? And so so you know, if it's the priest who does it, thus bringing guilt on the people, then he shall offer for the sin that he has committed a bull from the herd without blemish to the Lord for a sin offering. So, uh, and this is, this is called the variable offering. And it's a, it says it's a novel kind of sin offering. Um, the cost varies according to what the sinner can afford. Um, and I wanted to say whenever, da, 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 da. okay, it doesn't say anything on, about that. Uh, so he shall bring, verse 4, he shall bring the bull to the entrance of the tent of meeting before the Lord and lay his hand on the head of the bull and kill the bull before the Lord. And the anointed priest shall take some of the blood of the bull and bring it into the tent of meeting. And the priest shall dip his finger in the blood and sprinkle part of the blood seven times before the Lord in front of the veil of the sanctuary. And the priest shall put some of the blood on the horns of the altar of fragrant incense before the Lord that is in the tent of meeting. And all the rest of the blood of the bull he shall pour out at the base of the altar of burnt offering that is at the entrance of the tent of meeting. And all the fat of the bull of the sin offering he shall remove from it, the fat that covers the entrails and all the fat that is on the entrails and the two kidneys with the fat that is on them at the loins and the long lobe of the liver that he shall remove with the kidneys, just as these are taken from the ox of the sacrifice of the peace offerings. And the priest shall burn them on the altar of burnt offering. 
but the skin of the bull and all its flesh with its head, its legs, its entrails, and its dung. All the rest of the bull he shall carry outside the camp to a clean place to the ash heap, and he shall burn it up on a fire of wood. On the ash heap it shall be burned up. Okay, so those things do not go on the altar of the Lord. Now, if the whole congregation of Israel sins unintentionally, and the thing is hidden from the eyes of the assembly, and they do any one of the things that by the Lord's commandments ought not to be done, and they realize their guilt, when the sin which they have committed becomes known, the assembly shall offer a bull from the herd for a sin offering and bring it in front of the tent of meeting. Okay, now, how would the whole assembly of the Lord do something unintentionally? If the Torah is lost for several years. If the Torah is lost for lots and lots of years, okay? We see that several times. With Josiah, we see it. Um, there are other times where, you know, when, and when they come back from Babylon with Nehemiah, and both times someone gets up in front of the whole assembly and reads the Torah out loud, and the people go, we didn't know. We didn't know we weren't supposed to be doing those things. And they tear their clothes, and they mourn, and they go, and they, and, you know, and it says, and they offered the appropriate sacrifices. This is what they did. They offered these sacrifices. They said, oh, we sinned unintentionally. We didn't know. Um, you know, somebody dies, and everybody's walking around next to the dead person, and they, you know, they, they didn't realize, or, you know, or whatever. Um, just think, you know, things that, that happen that nobody realizes something's going on, and then they find out, and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm now guilty of this thing. Um, and you'll, so you'll find that, that uh, there really is no sacrifice for intentional sin. The only thing you can do for intentional sin is repent. Now, after you repent, you can go and offer certain sacrifices. But it's not like so often, and you know, and this is kind of was, was one of Luther's complaints about the Catholic Church back that started the Reformation was you can't intentionally sin and then go and buy some forgiveness. You know, and, and, and in Luther's day, you could actually buy it in advance. You know, wow. you, you could go to the priest and you could be all, um, I need, yeah, I need to buy an indulgence because I'm going on a trip and I'm pretty sure I'm going to sleep with someone other than my wife. So how much would that cost to oh pay for? God. And, and you could buy that in advance and then, you know, you're fine. You're covered. Oh my God. And so, <laughs> Are you kidding? no, Wait, no, on, not at all. Um, yeah. Yes. Right here. Party. Yeah, that'll be. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be your soul, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> and so, so you know, God never, and and a lot of times when people think of, you know, when people talk about the Torah and they talk about the sacrifices, that's really what they, you know, when you're talking to them, you can kind of see that logic is what's driving their arguments against the Torah. They're like, well, you know, it's not it's not supposed to be about you can do whatever you want and just offer an offering, or it's not supposed to be that. That you know you, you know, or, you know, or that's for that's for when you when you mess up and you do something wrong and then you have to go and make it right. And really, if you make a choice, if you make a sin choice, none of this is covering you. This is this is not this is not, you can't just go. Well, you know, I'll just offer a bowl later on. I guess this is worth it. It's it's really it, it's about. Um, you know, it's, you, you would, the repentance has to come before the offering is acceptable because if there's no repentance, you're just burning a cow. Yeah. 
You know, it's not it's not like the gods that he gets the cow and goes, okay, you give me a cow, I guess I'll forgive you. Yeah. It's it's that the cow is it's a representation of Poor what you your regret. Right now the cow feels right. It's like, man, you cannot intentionally get away with this. <laughs> but I'm about to be burnt up. Yep, my my I sacrifice the is in vain. Do I have a flaw? Yeah. Somewhere, yeah. maybe. Blemish. Blemish. Maybe it's, but it's a, like it's like a guilt-inducing. Yeah. Mark. It's, it's like, like you should know. not be doing this. <laughs> I, had, I had a friend that worked um, at Sunland Beef, uh, 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 Miguel. Remember when he worked there? And you know, oh my goodness, he's telling me all the, the horror stories of how they get the cows in line and they like shock sticks. Oh yeah. Stuff. How long ago was that? Huh? How long ago was that? Three years. About five years, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, They're supposed to have different practices now, like in the last five years. I don't know if they do. He was here. saying a lot of the practices that they were they would do, they wasn't supposed to. Right. Supposed to be like only if, like you know, worst case. Right, know. right. And so all, all the horror stories. I remember one time I went to go pick them up, and I was just seeing the cow, and the cow looked at me like that. Like, oh. I, I know. <laughs> Can you save me? <laughs> Seriously. Well, one of the things, one of the things, because, you know, it talks, it says you're supposed to go outside the tent and you're supposed to, you know, outside the camp to kill the animal and different things. Um, one of the, and this is part of the kosher killing, even for eating the animals, part of the kosher killing involves sneaking up on the animal yeah. from behind. In fact, it's, it's kind of like if you saw Avatar. Um, that the way that 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 the animal was killed, and mm-hmm. and even with the you know thanking it for giving its life, it, right. it, kosher killing is more like that, mm-hmm. um, because what happens when an animal is in fear mm-hmm. is they release they release a bunch of adrenaline, and that goes into the meat and actually makes the meat toxic, and it's one of the ways that they protect themselves against predators. And so if, if they know they're being chased, if they know they're going to be killed, they, 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 their meat becomes toxic. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's one of the reasons why, you know, organic beef is going to be better for you than non-organic beef because, or, or you know, kosher killed beef is better for you. That's why California cows are happy cows. Are happy cows. <laughs> they don't know they're going to the I slaughter. Just that my dad's kosher. That's why he used to spank and sneak up. Sneak up on you and grab you. I don't know that that's kosher. (laughs) (laughs) A kosher (laughs) spanking? Yeah, I don't don't think that's covered. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, verse verse, uh, 4 say, realize their guilt. They shall offer a bull from the herd for a sin offering and bring it in front of the tent of meeting. And and notice that this is, the, the assembly realizes they're wrong, they bring a bull. Mm. Not one per person. Yeah, it doesn't say one per person. It says they bring a bull. A bull. Okay. And um, 50 people, one bull. There you go. And I want to see. Yeah. <laughs> well, if well, the whole assembly realizes they're wrong, I'm sure that well, many people will be willing. And they would probably all contribute financially for the person who who's bringing it, you know, so that it represents them all. No, she's why does it have to be a boy? And you don't bring one for each person, though. It's, it's just a bull. No, why not a female cow? Because the the lady has to reproduce. Well, and that that may be part of it, it's but it's yeah, let's see. Da, 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 da. That's true. And this is this is if the majority of the nation. Um, well, it said on a couple of the previous ones, male or female. 
And I, it doesn't really make a commentary yeah. here. Well, bulls are yeah. bulls would be a more value yeah. than than a sheep because they yeah they're larger. Um, and then goats are after sheep or goats come before. Sheep? Generally, I think it's bulls, sheep, or ox, ox and bulls, sheep, goats, birds, grain. Goats. It sounds like a new version of rocks and papers. There you go. There you go. Ox sheep bulls. But are we actually sheep talking about a bull? Or are they I don't. About from the <laughs> it doesn't really uh, say. It keeps saying it's saying a young bull, but it doesn't really say. There's no commentary on the specifics of it being an actual bull versus like a male bull as opposed to an oxen. Although logistically, just thinking of being herding, you know, the animals and the breeding and stuff. You well, and you're not going to get milk from the bull either. Right, you get milk from the the females produce offspring. They produce. Milk. Yeah. I mean, if you kill off your females, then there's a whole lot of bulls running around with nothing to do. Right. And, <laughs> well, yeah. and you only need one bull to have lots of babies. Yeah. <laughs> well, and this is, it's also, you know, the bull, it, when you think about this, because of the agrarian culture, which we're kind of distanced from, but this is basically saying, you bring your plow. You know, you bring your tractor. And, and you bring your livelihood. And you're offering it to the Lord. So it's not even something like you're taking lightly. It's not, you know, bring that third vase that you're decluttering. It's, it's bring the ox that pulls your plow when you're harvesting. And, and so, so it, it is a big deal. Um, and I, I don't, I, I can't comment on that. It doesn't have any commentary in here. It, I mean, it does say bull, whereas oftentimes it will say ox or, or cattle, um, but it's, you know, offer a bull from the herd for a sin offering and bring it in front of the tent. And the elders of the congregation shall lay their hands. So the other offerings, it was the person themselves. This time it's the elders who represent everyone. Shall lay their hands on the head of the bull before the Lord, and the bull shall be killed before the Lord. Then the anointed priest shall bring some of the blood of the bull into the tent of meeting. And the priest shall dip his finger in the blood and sprinkle it seven times before the Lord in front of the veil. And he shall put some of the blood on the horns of the altar that is in the tent of meeting before the Lord. And the rest of the blood he shall pour out at the base of the altar of burnt offering that is at the entrance of the tent of meeting. And all its fat he shall take from it and burn on the altar. Thus he shall do with the bull as he did with the bull of the sin offering, so shall he do with this. And the priest shall make atonement for them, and they shall be forgiven. And he shall carry the bull outside the camp and burn it up as he burned the first bull. It is the sin offering for the assembly. When a leader sins, doing unintentionally any one of all the things that by the commandments of the Lord his God ought not to be done, and realizes his guilt, or the sin which he has committed is made known to him, um, he shall bring us his offering a goat, a male without blemish, and shall lay his hand on the head of the goat and kill it in the place where they kill the burnt offering before the Lord. It is a sin offering. Then the priest shall take some of the blood of the sin offering with his finger and put it on the horns of the altar of burnt offering and pour out the rest of its blood at the base of the altar of burnt offering. And all its fat he shall burn on the altar like the fat of the sacrifice of peace offerings. So the priest shall make atonement for him for his sin and he shall be forgiven. If any one of the common people sins unintentionally in doing any one of the things that the Lord's commandments ought not to be done and realizes his guilt 
or the sin which he has committed is made known to him, he shall bring for his offering a goat, a female without blemish for his sin which he has uh-huh. committed. Oh, it's so a the, female though. The, mm-hmm. the leader brings a male and yeah. the right. people bring a female. The, and, and, and the whole assembly, the, the priest, you know, brings a, a bull. Yeah, the leader brings a bull. The whole assembly brings a bull. And they talk in here about the whole assembly being, you know, representatives from seven or more tribes. Um, and, but the people bring a female goat. Um, a goat, a female without blemish, <coughs> for his sin which he has committed. And the priest shall take some of its blood with his finger and put it on the horns of the altar of burnt offering and pour out all the rest of its blood at the base of the altar. And all its fat he shall remove and as the fat is removed from the peace offerings. And the priest shall burn it on the altar for a pleasing aroma to the Lord. And the priest shall make atonement for him and he shall be forgiven. If he brings a lamb as his offering for a sin offering, he shall bring a female without blemish and lay his hand on the head of the sin offering and kill it for a sin offering in the place where they kill the burnt offering. Then the priest shall take some of the blood of the sin offering with his finger and put it on the horns of the altar of burnt offering and pour out all the rest of its blood at the base of the altar. (coughs) And all its fat he shall remove as the fat of the lamb is removed from the sacrifice of peace offerings and the priest shall burn it on the altar on top of the Lord's food offerings. And the priest shall make atonement for him for the sin which he has committed and he shall be forgiven. Okay, so... That gets us to chapter 5 for next week, and we're on Jude. Um, Jude is is kind of interesting. Um, Jude, it is at the end of the letters from John, and right before Revelation. It is a short, very short, very short... Yeah, yeah. Go to Revelation and turn Again, one page back. back. <laughs> it is basically twenty-five verses long. Um. Now, this these are some of the notes uh, that she has from the source, and and I before we go into reading about it. Um, Who is Jude? Is that one of the prophets? Well, he he explains, because it it starts out at the beginning. So this is what she says. The author identifies himself in verse 1 as Jude, a slave servant of Jesus, the anointed one, and brother of James. This makes him the brother of Jesus. Some declare, it says, some declare that the Greek is too good for someone who was a peasant, but there is no evidence that Jude was a peasant. In fact, as Jesus' brother, he would have been quite wealthy. Um... As Jude was the younger brother of Jesus, it is likely that he died around or prior to 70 to 80 AD. The three main dates proposed for Jude, um, just in general, are sometime during the apostolic age, so the, you know, the 50s to the 60s, uh, the latter part of the first century, and the first half, uh, usually the first two decades of the second century. Jude was widely accepted in patristic literature, but doubts came about later, mostly due due to its use of of the pseudographical first Enoch. So basically what what that's talking about is he makes a reference to um, the angels that have sex with human women, which we talked about in Genesis. And, you know, where it references the sons of God who have have relations with the the daughters of men. at the time when we talked about it, you know, Rob made the observation that it could very well be the, you know, the men who who were from the line of Adam versus the women, you know, the other women that that 
you know, we talked about from from the ways that may have been created that they were that they were not, um, you know, from from Adam, and and that would be the sons of, of God and the daughters of men. But you know, there there are different ways, and it's but in Enoch, the which is not part of the canon in Enoch, which is. Um, what is it? They were just pseudographical. So, so it's it's <coughs> outside of the accepted canon. It it references it talks about them being angels, and so that's what a lot of the church fathers would have understood it to be. And so, during certain periods of time, that was assumed to be true. During other periods of time, that was assumed to be blasphemous. Or you know, so Jude has been kind of controversial because it makes this reference. Um, but, but let's go ahead and read through it. So starting in verse 1, from Jude, a slave servant of Jesus, um, or Yeshua, and brother to, of James, to those who are called sanctified by God, the Father, and kept for Yeshua HaMashiach. Mercy to you, and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, while I was very eager to write to you about our common <coughs> salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only Master and Lord, Yeshua HaMashiach. Now, and, you know, we kind of encounter that in certain groups today. You know, groups that are more about the emotion and, you know, they're... they're if you're feeling God, you know, if, 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 you're, if it makes you happy and you feel good, it must be from God. And, oh. you know, we, we see that a lot. We see that a whole lot. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they, in this translation, it says they commit sacrilege and they use God's favor as a license to commit vice. They disown our only master and Lord, Jesus, the anointed one. So she says, now I want to remind you, although you once fully knew it, that Yeshua, who saved a people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. Mm -hmm. So, so just, because, just because he has saved you doesn't mean he saved you so you could run around yeah. doing evil. You know, you weren't, you weren't saved to sin. You were saved from sin. So, and the angels who did not stay within their own position of authority but left their proper dwelling, he has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desire, serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. Yet in like manner, these people also, relying on their dreams, defile the flesh, reject authority, and blaspheme the glorious ones. But when the archangel Michael, contending with the devil, was disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but said, the Lord rebuke you. Now, were they Michael and the that devil is, was having a... That is one of the apocryphal things that... Mm -hmm. that um, and I don't know exactly. I don't know if that's in Enoch. I'm trying to see. Mm -hmm. uh, da -da. Let me see the church. Trying to see because her her notes are kind of hard to follow where they are. Um, but 
Okay, so he says, from the Greek, we may conclude that either, either that slander or liar was asking Michael questions about Moses' body or Michael was discussing the point with slander or liar, that's what she calls the devil, by way of question and answer to point out the facts to him in a logical debate. The sentence that Michael did not dare impose on him was a judicial sentence of a law court. So, so he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't pass judgment on him, but he made the comment, um, you know, the Lord, may the Lord impose the penalty on you. So even, even Michael didn't, even the archangel didn't, you know, judge him, but said, you know, that, that God will judge you. So, but these people blaspheme all that they do not understand, and they are destroyed by all that they, like unreasoning animals, understand instinctively. Woe to them, for they walked in the way of Cain and abandoned themselves for the sake of gain to Balaam's error. Um, uh, Balaam being the prophet who you know, beat his donkey when he couldn't see the angel in front of him, and the donkey did and stopped. And, uh, you know, and Balaam was the one who was going off to curse Israel, and, you know, once he could see the angel, he was warned, don't you dare speak anything that the Lord doesn't give you. Um, so Balaam's error, and punished in Korah's rebellion. Uh, Korah was the one who spoke out against Moses and ended up leprous and having to live outside the camp until he had repented. Um, so, so he's talking, you know, they, this, they, these are the people that these, you know, the people who think oh, I'm saved, now I can go do whatever I want, whatever feels good, <laughs> you yes. know. If, and and yeah. you encounter this, I think the thing where I hear it most, mm -hmm. and you know, I, I don't, I think this is one of those unintentional sins where people don't realize what they're even doing, but when you talk to someone about something and they'll be like, well, I don't get a check in my spirit. You know, God hasn't, God hasn't convicted me of it. And you say, but, but it's in the Bible. Yeah, but God hasn't convicted me of it. But his word says not to do it. But God hasn't convicted me of it. I, I feel fine. You know, I, I, I'm good before God. I don't have any, I, I, I have no guilt that I'm aware of. And, uh, oh, is Leah, she's having to go, I think. Um. So, so, you know, this, just because you, something feels good to you doesn't mean, you know, Cain was convinced that he should kill his brother. You know, Balaam knew he was doing the right thing by beating his donkey. And Korah was convinced that Moses needed to be challenged. And yet, these are all things that, that God said, ah, so these are, hidden, these are hidden reefs at your love feasts, as they feast with you without fear, shepherds feeding themselves. So, so hidden reefs, what happens with hidden reefs if you're in a boat? You don't see the reef, it's underneath the water, but it guts out the bottom of your boat and you drown. Wow. Um, uh, sh uh, waterless cloud, or shepherds feeding themselves, you know, so they're, they're eating the flock themselves. Uh, waterless clouds swept along by winds, fruitless trees in late autumn, twice dead, uprooted. Dang. Wild waves of the sea casting up the foam of their own shame. Wandering stars for whom the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved forever. You know, stars are supposed to be fixed. So they're, they're saying that the, these are stars that don't know enough to stay fixed where they're supposed to be. You know, they're off wandering in their own direction. So it was also, and probably, probably specifically referencing the shooting stars, you know. So they're falling out of their their fixed 
and into darkness. And into darkness because they fizzle out and go away, and then they're gone. So it was also about these that Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment on all and to convict all the ungodly of all their deeds of ungodliness that they have committed in such an ungodly way and of all the harsh things that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are grumblers, malcontents, following their own sinful desires. They are loud-mouthed boasters, showing favoritism to gain advantage. But you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Messiah Yeshua. They said to you, in the last time there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions, worldly people devoid of the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord, Yeshua HaMashiach, that leads to eternal life, and have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. <coughs> to others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. Um, so, so, you know, he's saying here, God's going to bring judgment on these people. Keep yourselves clean from what they're doing. And yet he says, have mercy on those who doubt. You know, your job in all of this. Have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. Uh, to others, show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. You know, it's, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to show mercy to you, and yet I can't, I can't go with you on this. You know, I can't, I can't I, I'm showing love to you, but I can't partner with you in this. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of our glory with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Yeshua, our Messiah, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. Um, I think I, and then I have verse 10, which I don't know why that's in there twice, but that must have been a pulled from the wrong place, but we're in conclusion. <laughs> so it's a tiny little book, and it's kind of power-packed with, yeah, you know, with, with challenging you to live righteously and not get caught up in, in the, the wickedness of what others are doing and not to think, oh, I'm good because I'm saved. Yeah. Um, when he says in verse... 14, <coughs> from Adam, is that the same seven generations? Yeah, if you go through the genealogy in Genesis, going down from Adam, Enoch is the seventh down. And, and there are books that, you know, that are called the, you know, the book of Enoch. And oh, it's supposed, is, is referencing, yeah, he's referencing Enoch. Um, Isn't there two, is it E-N-O-C-H and an E-N-O-S-H or something? Isn't his name? I think there is a different Enoch. Okay. But yes, this is Enoch, and and so there's you know there's debate over whether Enoch is a made up story or or Enoch is a historical historically accurate book. Um, That's why it wasn't interesting. Yeah, even even among the Jewish people, it's I, I think it falls under the legends of the Jews is where do you do you know Donna is it is that where Enoch is I think that's where Enoch is in the legends of the Jews or it's it's along those lines. Um, <coughs> but people reference it a lot. People yeah. reference it a lot. The Bible references Enoch, so not, yeah. Well, and it's it's one of those things where even within Scripture, I mean, referencing Proverbs isn't referencing history. 
you know, it's referencing proverbial understandings, you know, expressions that, that explain how living Torah was, you know, understood and not living Torah was understood. And referencing the Psalms, there, there are historical facts that are involved, you know, because it might be after a particular battle that David wrote this Psalm or whatever. Um, so it could be that Enoch even if it wasn't a historical account or, or actually written by Enoch as a factual thing, it could be referenced as having information that represented what they believed at that time or being reflective of certain beliefs. And so referencing it, referencing it doesn't necessarily mean, um, you know, and everything in this book is an actual historical account. It could just mean the wisdom from the book of Enoch that I'm referencing is this and we all accept that generally so but that is that is who the Enoch is believed to be it's a, it is an interesting book though the book of Enoch have you read it, Part of it yeah. yeah well it's my sister reads it a lot she references it a lot yeah yeah um so so yeah so it's uh I I like you know in the book of I think it's in Hebrews we find um, and this is where a lot of people worry about losing their salvation. And, and I think they're kind of missing the, the, the point of the authors because in Hebrews, uh, you know, the author comes out against the practice that he talks about or she talks about because we don't know who wrote it, that they were coming together every week to get saved again. You know, so they were going out and doing whatever they wanted during the week and then they were coming back together and renewing their salvation and, and the author's like, no, you, you, can't, you can't do that. You can't not have salvation during the week so that you can do whatever you want and then get salvation on the weekend. And, you know, and they say, because if you, if you actually lost your salvation in that way, you can't crucify Yeshua again. And so his yeah. one-time sacrifice, you can't crucify him over and over and over um, you know, because that point where you come before him for salvation and you're nailing your sins to the cross, it's, you're, you're participating in his crucifixion. And you can't do that in the spiritual realm multiple times. <laughs> and so it's the same thing kind of here that Jude's talking about saying, you know, you don't you don't get to you don't get to go, okay, I've nailed all my sins to the cross, so I can go out and do whatever I want now cuz we can just count it up there with the other stuff. You know, or we can we can just assume. And yet, it kind of it does kind of fit with what we read today that there are unintentional sins. You know, and you, you, the difference between how God views intentional sins versus unintentional sins and, and how we're supposed to treat them. You know, intentional sins, you challenge the person and say, but this is, this is in scripture. It says it's unintentional sins. You, you're teaching them. You know, you're snatching them from the fire. You're going, hey, did you know that it says in here? Yeah. And, and. The reaction, according to Leviticus, of the person who commits an unintentional sin and they learn about it is to go, I didn't know. I didn't know I did that. Let me go before the Lord and, and, and work this out with them, and I don't want to engage in this behavior again. And so you see that you know, when you get a response other than that, that's where you look at what you know, Jude's saying and you go, okay. <laughs> you know? It's like, did you know that this was in there? Well, I don't care. Or did you know that this was in there? Well, I don't think that applies to me. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and you do, when you're, when you're talking to a lot of people, you get, you get different reactions. 
And and sometimes people, you know, sometimes people's initial reaction. I know I sometimes my initial reaction that doesn't mean that I'm not still thinking about something. You know, sometimes I react and I'm like, no, and then I I go and really, and I go and try and prove it wrong or study it out, and I end up going, okay. But in general, you encounter different attitudes. You know, there are some people who respond immediately when they, they start seeing things in Torah, and they, they go, I didn't know. I didn't realize. Yeah, Yeshua did say this isn't done away with. What does this mean to me? I need to understand. And then you encounter other people who go, you know, well, I don't know. I, I, I've never heard that. I'm not comfortable with that. I'm not there yet. I, you know, and then you encounter other people who are like, I don't care. That's, that's, that, that's done away with. It doesn't matter. I'm not even going to look at it. I'm not even going to read it. I'm not even going to... You know, so you see those different responses. And, and the people who do that, Jude is saying, let them go. Have mercy on them. You know, you, you, don't, need to, you don't need to condemn them, but yeah. don't go there with them. So any other thoughts, questions? Anyone need to offer a bowl after? No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like Are you taking off? <laughs> okay. Can you, can you clean it up real quick? I like the so, okay. Well, we'll go. <laughs> there you go. So, I'll go ahead and bless you, and we'll, we'll turn off the recording. Um, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Amen. Amen.